Good morning. Good morning. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Would you stand and sing with us, please? Welcome. Welcome to worship this morning. My name is Cheryl Broom, and I'm your pastor here at Lotus Hills United Methodist Church. If you are new to this community and we have not met you before, we have a blue card which gives us a little information about you as a first-time visitor. We will not harass you, but we would like to reach out and touch you. So give us as much information as you are comfortable in giving. This yellow card is the prayer card, also in the pew back in front of you. And this card will be used where your prayer team meets together to pray over you. This week, no prayer team meeting. When the office is closed, we don't meet, but we still will pray for you. So fill out this card. When the offering plate goes by you, feel free to drop that in, and we will add you to our prayers. I am so excited to be here this morning. We started at 7 with a sunrise service. 
So if I fall asleep, will you all wake me up? <laughs> I am not going to fall asleep, Jenny. I'm excited to share with you once more the story of resurrection, the key reason why we come to church, the reason on every single Sunday we celebrate Resurrection Sunday that gives us hope for the future and power for our living today. I'm excited to share that message with you in many different ways. One will be in song. Anyway, let's get started in worship and see where God leads us this day. Well, good morning. morning. I'm Sharon Fitzpatrick. Will you join me in the greeting? Alleluia, Christ is risen. risen Alleluia, Jesus has shown us new life, and now God calls us to resurrection. Praise the God of all creation who has given us new life, new hope, and new joy. Hallelujah. Christ is risen We light these candles as a reminder that Christ is with us. Will you please stand in body or spirit as we welcome the light of Christ? You may be seated. Let us open in prayer. Almighty God, we thank you and praise you that your Son, Jesus Christ, the firstborn of all creation, made possible that which once was impossible. We are in awe of your mighty power made evident through Jesus' resurrection. We thank you and praise you that you are our God of possibilities. As we worship you today, let our praises reach the highest heaven that you may know of our everlasting love and commitment to you. Amen. The scripture reading this morning is Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4. And if you would like to read along, it's in the Pew Bible on page 1073. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set in your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. The word of God for the people of God. Well, let's do some prayers of the people. Again, these yellow cards are in your pew back before you. If you have a prayer request need, just write it out as legibly as possible. You can fold it up and then put it in the offering plate, and we will honor your prayers and pray them in our prayer group. So let us go before God in our prayers. God of us all, we give you thanks for your love and your grace and your power on this blessed resurrection morning. We thank you for the many friends and loved ones who have made it their extra effort to gather here with us today. We thank you for the brilliance of the colors on and around us that remind us of new life. Today, blessed God, we gather to remember and to celebrate. We remember Jesus who healed the sick and raised the dead. We remember Jesus who gathered children to himself and dealt kindly with all people. We remember Jesus who always kept the mission in the forefront and the minutia in the low seat. We remember Jesus, Son of God, 
song of God, who sang God's melody to us. We remember Jesus, who consented to suffer and die at our hand. Today, Almighty God, we celebrate the fact that death could not hold Jesus in the grave. We celebrate that not even death is able to separate us from the love of God. And we celebrate the new life that we have in Christ. We celebrate the assurance that we have of eternal life. Today, we celebrate and give thanks in life, in death, in life after death, that we belong to God. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. The scripture we'll be using today comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. You can see it in your pew Bible on 909. When I get to that part of the reading, my reading is going to be coming from the Amplified Bible version. So it might be a little different from yours, but that gives you an opportunity to kind of start thinking in your mind. How are these words different and why? So the first thing I want to say to you, church people, is happy Easter. Happy Easter. Christ has risen. risen oh, I love to say that. I heard the ushers greet every single person that came in that Christ was risen. We should do that every Sunday to remind ourselves. Instead, we say today, happy Easter. And I wonder, what does Easter mean to you? Is it about chocolates? Chocolate bunnies? Yeah, I heard the kids, yes. Beautiful lilies? Easter eggs? The season of Easter gives us many interesting symbols. For many people, Easter means all those things plus so much more, like the arrival of spring. But for Christians around the world, this is the most important and celebrated day throughout the entire Christian year. Today is what we've been waiting for, Easter, a.k.a. Resurrection Sunday. And this is the victorious story we have longed to hear all during the past 40 days of Lent. I kept saying, let's keep walking, wait for it, wait for it. It's going to be here. I didn't want to do a spoiler alert that on Easter, Jesus raises, is raised up from the dead. But today, we can proclaim loudly that Christ is risen You got it. At Easter, we experience abundance of new life, springtime trees budding, butterflies and flowers blooming, and bunny rabbits and eggs all around us. And these are symbols of birth and rebirth. Have you ever considered what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Well, you know it's the chicken because God created the chicken first. And we consider the egg a symbol of Easter. Jessie let me borrow one of her little Easter eggs. She has ones bigger than this. Yeah. This Easter egg is a symbol for us of life, new life, hope. There's something in this one. What could it be? Oh, the real reason for the season the New Testament found in Christ Jesus. Now, isn't that what every Easter egg should hold? The words of Christ. And another reminder for us, how cool, that now the egg is empty. Just like the tomb was empty. Lo, those thousands of years ago. We'll put you up here. 
Maybe next service there'll be candy in it. I don't know. What do you think, Jesse? It's all gone. Well, this is what Easter is all about, about Christ. Christ found in the New Testament. The celebration of Easter started 2,000 years ago, celebrating the central event of the Christian church, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. His resurrection fulfilled biblical prophecy of a Messiah who would be raised from the dead and give eternal life in heaven to all who believe in him. This is the central message of Easter for Christians. It is about the miraculous resurrection story of Jesus Christ. So let us just consider how this empty egg and how this story of the empty tomb while we read our verses found in Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. Remember, my version is the Amplified Bible. Listen now for a word from God. Now after the Sabbath... Near the dawn of the first week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And a great earthquake occurred, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone from the opening of the tomb and sat on it. The angel's appearance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards shook, paralyzed with fear at the sight of him and became like dead men, pale and immobile. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen just as he said he would. Come, see the place where he was lying. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going ahead of you to Galilee as he promised." There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So the woman left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell the good news to the disciples. And as they went, suddenly Jesus met them saying, Rejoice! And they went to him and took hold of his feet in homage and worshipped him as the Messiah. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me, just as I promised. This is the word of God for the people of God. Throughout the New Testament, we find stories of Jesus' life, his ministry, his miracles, as well as his death and resurrection. From the very beginning of life, we learn that he was miraculously conceived. It was prophesied that he would be both the Son of God and the King of the Jews. Jesus of Nazareth made a name for himself as a troublemaking preacher. And he was a teacher. He was a miracle worker and an advocate for the poor and marginalized. And he had a group of devoted followers and disciples. Jesus' popularity really pitted him against the Roman authorities and religious hardliners who objected to his proclamations and his ministry. And that hostility came to a head when Jesus made that triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Remember, last week on Palm Sunday, all of that anger and angst came to a head. We celebrated his entry. And then on that same day, Jesus had the Passover meal with his disciples. And during the Passover meal, he predicted that one of his followers would betray him. 
And they, then he invited his disciples to eat the bread and drink the cup of wine. But he changed the liturgy and he asked them to do it in remembrance of him. After that dinner, Jesus was arrested. We find out later it was Judas Iscariot, who, the one of his disciples, who handed Jesus over to the Jewish high priest in exchange for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus was taken, he was beaten, he was tried by the chief priests and the religious leaders, who then handed him over to the Roman provincial governor, Pontius Pilate. Seeing that the crowds had now turned against Jesus, Pontius ultimately agreed to put him to death. And then he put a sign above Jesus, above his cross, and that sign read, Jesus the Nazarene, King of the Jews. And it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. So all that passed by the cross at that time would be able to read what he was being condemned for. Jesus, the King of the Jews, was then crucified which means that he was nailed on a cross alive, and he was given the punishment of death, that of a common criminal. And then he died, and then he was buried on what we considered Good Friday. He was put in a tomb where his body would lay throughout the next day. His followers were all locked in a room, fearful of their own arrest and death as they watched and they waited and they prayed and they hoped for a different ending to this story. Have you ever been there? Just so sad, hoping for a different ending to the story. They were dejected, bereft, and they kept going over and over in their mind what had happened to Jesus, his death on the cross. Maybe even wondering, what is for them next? What should they do? So they waited behind these closed, locked doors. The gospel accounts have far from a clear picture for us of what exactly happened that first Resurrection Sunday, because they're a little bit different. We know it begins in the dark, kind of like us, sunrise service, sitting in the dark waiting. We know that the stone was rolled away, and the Gospel of Matthew alone speaks of an earthquake. In the tomb, there were two beings, white-clad figures. In some of the accounts, they say just one. Mary Magdalene seems to have gotten there before anyone else. Perhaps Mary, the mother of Jesus, was with her, and another woman named Joanna. One account says Peter came, too, with one of the other disciples. Elsewhere, it is suggested that there were only women and the disciples were locked in the room somewhere else. And they did not believe the women's story when they came and told them. Some things never change. <laughs> in all the accounts, we can imagine the sounds of people running, the voices. Matthew speaks fear and great joy, confusion everywhere. And there was a man who she at first thought was the gardener. There's no agreement, even if that was Jesus himself. Did he appear at the tomb and only later? Where? To whom did he appear? What did he say? What did he do? If the gospel writers had wanted to tell it in a way to convince the world that Jesus had indeed rose from the dead, they would have presumably done it with all the skill and fanfare they could muster instead of these confusing stories of people running and going, don't be afraid. 
Here in these accounts, there's no skill. There's no fanfare. They just seem to be simply telling the way it was. The narrative is just a fragmented, shadowy, incomplete, just like our lives. And when it comes to what happened, well, there can be no certainty. But there is absolutely no doubt that something unimaginable happened that day. When his mourners returned to the tomb on Sunday, it's empty. Jesus has been resurrected, and this is the day we celebrate that we call Easter. And it is for us Resurrection Sunday. For us, this symbol of Easter is the empty tomb. He rose. A few saw him and briefly even talked to him. Now, if this is true, then there's nothing left to say. If this is not true, there is nothing left to say. For believers and unbelievers both, life has never been the same again. For some, neither has death. For what is left now is the emptiness of the tomb. Our God is a God of ultimate surprises. Jesus said he was doing a new thing. Can you perceive it? The Bible is a book of surprises of what Jesus tells us, what God gives God's people. And God gave us Jesus the Christ who is risen. He lives and we can follow Jesus even today. And we can trust in Jesus and we can give our lives to Jesus. And that is how we live into this, into the amazing gift of God's grace and love. For every Christian, Easter is a powerful reminder. For those who despair that death has power, those who believe that death has the upper hand, fear not. Take heart and be encouraged. Easter means that God ultimately is and will be victorious over the powers of death. For those who feel isolated and lonely, fear not. Take heart and be encouraged. Easter means that we're all in this together as the body of Christ, even when we're unable to gather together physically. For those who are in despair that our guilt is far too great for God to forgive, fear not. Take heart. Be encouraged. Easter means that God cleared all accounts, liberating humanity from shame, reconciling us with God and each other, as God's children. For those who live in despair and pain and anguish, fear not. Take heart and be encouraged. You are not alone. Jesus suffers with you in solidarity and companionship. And Easter means that you will rise with him. For those who despair over a world filled with hate and violence and scapegoating, Fear not. Take heart and be encouraged. In Christ's passion, God has taken the place of the scapegoat to highlight and transform humanity's violent ways. And Easter means God will one day overcome violence. Rejoice, for he is risen and he is alive. And indeed, Easter means that God has taken one of the worst things in the whole world, the Roman cross, and remade it into one of the best things in the world, the tree of life. Like the cross, the tomb is empty, and that is a divine mystery. And like the rising of the sun that dispels the shadows in every direction, 
Jesus rises again. And this is the good news of Easter. There are many people today who will say they think Jesus was a great man, a man of compassion, a man of concern for people, and everyday people, broken people. Yet Christians believe that Jesus is the Son of God and Savior of the world. And this is what we celebrate at Easter. Now, Easter is not merely the end of Lent, but the beginning of the Eastertide season. And in a deeper sense, the beginning of a Christian life. A life lived in the light of God's resurrection. How does that empower you today to leave and live in the light of the resurrected Christ? This isn't the final victory, but a commencement, a launch, a kickoff, the dawn of a new day, for he is risen And Jesus kept his promise to the disciples and his followers. And he keeps his promise to you and me today, even now. As believers of the risen Christ, would you join me as we say an affirmation of faith? You may stand in body or spirit and look in your hymnal on page 883 or look to the words above. Again, only stand in body or spirit, whichever is more comfortable for you, as we affirm our faith in what we believe. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus, crucified and risen, our judge and our hope in life, in death, in life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now, another symbol we use for new life is also found in the butterfly. Everybody that came in today got a butterfly with some sticky glue on the back of it. And it's a great mystery how this lowly caterpillar, which really is quite ugly, and it inches along, and then it goes into a cocoon, and some days later it breaks open into these beautiful butterflies. It is a mystery. We have the adhesive on the back that we might use this as a symbol of our new growth, of our chance to change and fly with Christ. So we'll invite you as we sing Hymn of Promise to come forward as you're able and put your, cro- your butterfly up on the cross. Do this as a symbol that you too have found freedom in Christ. There's a lot of freedom represented on this cross. As you have released your life to Christ, that, that you might fly with Christ as a new creation. After the service, if you want to come forward and take pictures with your family before the butterfly cross, that would be entirely appropriate. We will now have a responsive reading from Psalm 118, verses 14 through 29. It's on page 839 in your hymnal, and it continues over to page 840. This is the day the Lord has made. 
let us rejoice, let us rejoice, let us rejoice and be glad. The Lord is my strength and my power. The Lord has become my salvation. There are joyous songs of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me sorely, but has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, and righteous shall enter through it. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, let us rejoice, let us rejoice and be glad. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice and be glad. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God who has given us light. Lead us procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will extol you. I will give thanks to the Lord who is good, for God's steadfast love endures forever. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, let us rejoice, let us rejoice and be Cheryl always asks the lay readers to uh, share with them why they give uh, their offering and their tithing. And one of the reasons that I give is that um, we all know that it takes a village. It takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to keep our church going. So by giving of your time and also by giving of your earnings, your whatever you, you may, may, may keep, it is a blessing from God. And um, I do it because I want to give back. So that's why I give. Um, the offering prayer, would you please bow your heads in prayer? Mighty God of resurrection and redemption, we offer our gifts alongside our alleluias. We long for Easter to fill us and soak into our bones like those who were confronted in a graveyard by angels announcing, he is not here, he is risen. May we run from here, not walk, 
because we, in every corner of the world, so desperately need to hear the news that the angels shared. Before we speak a word, may others see in our faces that the world has been turned upside down. You win, death loses. In the name of the risen Christ, we pray. Amen. Will the ushers please come forward? One day when heaven is filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. The word became flesh and the light shined among us, his glory revealed. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, married he carried my sins far away, rising he justifies freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on a tree. Suffering anguish, despised and rejected. Bearing our sins, my Redeemer is he. The hand that healed nations stretched out on a tree and took the nails from me. Living he loved me. He saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. One day the skies 
wonderful day, my beloved one bringing. My Savior Jesus is mine. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified. Freely forever. One day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. Oh, glorious day. Please stand in body or spirit that we might sing the doxology, which is a song of praise. A prayer of thanks for all who give bountifully out of their own lives to you. We pray, O oh Lord, that this church might honor all gifts, that we might spread your word near and far, that oh, all those others who have not heard of the risen Christ will find him through us. We ask for your blessings now and always in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. And if you agree, say amen. 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 So, before our closing hymn, I would like to invite you to discipleship in a number of ways. Uh, when you hear the word of God, something changes. When the Holy Spirit takes up place and residence in our life, we are changed. And for some reason, we'll feel an urge to go and do mission work or to go out and give to others. You'll see someone on the street and you cannot help. You cannot resist giving a word of grace. And so I invite you to, to think closely today. Go forth giving signs of goodness and kindness uh, to others in the name of Jesus Christ. In the future, on May 28th, we're on Pentecost, we're going to do an outdoor service. One service at 10, all the people of the church come, and we're going to sing and praise God and have a Pentecost service outside. To prepare for that, there are some folks in our community who want to be baptized, so I'm going to have a little baptism class. If you're one of those folks... I'll come see me and tell me I want to get baptized on Pentecost. And we are going to use that slab outside. We're just going to call that the baptismal slab now. <laughs> because we're really thinking about getting a trough so that if those who want to be immersed, we have a couple of youth who want to be immersed, can have, be baptized out there. And you need to come and be present. We'll also host a new member class for the constituents, people who have been coming regularly and now they feel like this is going to be their church home. I'll have a class coming up too. Isn't that exciting? That is great news. Do you have our mission statement up there? There it is. We always say our mission statement together just to kind of remind us what it is our job and role to do. Will you say it with me? The mission of Holotus Hills United Methodist Church is to grow and nurture disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of our community and in our world. world. It's a big job. Somebody's got to do it. Are you willing?
Amen. Thank you. Thank you for coming to worship this day on this early Easter morning and send you forth with this blessing. The Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Go forth as resurrection people. Amen. Amen.